Hi everyone, this is Amanda Borchel Dan. And I'm Jessica Steinberg, your host for Times Will Tell, a weekly podcast from the Times of Israel. Hi, it's Jessica Steinberg. Welcome to this week's Times Will Tell. We're going to take a deep dive today into Israel's kosher certification system as the government undertakes a first step in overhauling the industry. The current system is a monopoly of local rabbinates in each city and town under the authority of the chief rabbinate. The new plan, unveiled in July by Religious Affairs Minister Matan Kahana, would presumably end the monopoly of the local rabbinates as the only bodies that can issue kosher certificates. The monopoly costs businesses some $2 million a year. The reform would allow for other private kosher certification agencies and, according to the finance ministry, could lead to savings of more than $100 million a year for food establishments and consumers. This is the long-awaited privatization of the kosher certification industry, a path paved by the religious Zionist Sohar organization, which launched its own kosher certification agency back in 2018. I spoke with several people involved in the industry, including Rabbi David Stav, chairman of Tsohar, and I also visited several iconic Jerusalem eateries. I spoke with Svi Maller, the American-born owner of Crave, a restaurant in Machne Yehuda, Itzik Kadosh, the pastry chef and owner of the beloved Jerusalem Café Kadosh, opened by his father in the 1960s, Yiti Lawson, who runs Taco Luis, a Mexican restaurant, Don Malay, who runs Angelica, the fine chef restaurant also in Jerusalem, and finally with Leon Avigad, who owns and runs the Brown Hotel chain in Israel, Greece, and Europe. Enjoy the show. I'm in Machine Yehuda today on Hashikma Street at Crave, a very popular Jerusalem restaurant, and I'm here with Svi Maller who is one of the owners of Crave and a serial restaurateur who has owned kosher restaurants in the States and now here in Israel. Svi, hello. Hi, how are you today? Good. So we're here to talk about the fact that Crave is a restaurant that has the kosher certification of the Jerusalem Rabbinate, which it has since the beginning, since you opened four or five years ago. To talk a little bit about what that process has been like since you know what it is to have kosher certification for a restaurant here in Israel and in the States. So tell us a little bit what it has been like to work with kosher certification through the Jerusalem Rabbinate at Crave. Um, okay, so it, it was interesting. When I first came on board here, when we first opened up, um, they, they were very adamant about certain things we were allowed to use and and it came up right from the beginning about um using certain ou products and i was like what what do you mean you don't hold by the ou it's a very respected organization from where i come from in the states i'm just gonna say that ou stands for orthodox union um and they were questioning certain products that we were using uh, for example hellman's mayonnaise or Kiko Man's soy sauce and Heinz ketchup. Right. Uh, and they kind of uh, were like, no, you can't use those products. I was like, we're going to switch Hachkaka's. I'm not going to compromise on on product to just so somebody can make an extra buck somewhere. Because usually these organizations obviously want to sell their own products that they give Hachkaka's to. And as... As I kind of put my foot down, they seemed to pull back and allow. They said, fine, 
you can't use any OUD products. Which stands for? For dairy products. I was like, I have no intention of using any dairy products in my meat restaurant. And uh, they backed off on that, and they allowed us to use the OU products that were that I was, you know, used to, used to using from my previous uh, my restaurants in the states, obviously. And they were just better products than sorry, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tzvi, I know that uh, about six eight months ago, you had a little bit of a kosher bacon incident. Uh, that's kind of a, this is an interesting story. So we were operating for years probably four, four and a half years at that point. And all of a sudden, we got a phone call from the Rabinute that they were not happy with our lamb bacon on the menu. We were a little bit like, what do you mean we're operating with lamb bacon on the menu since the beginning? And uh, as the story developed, it turned out, I, I have a feeling someone probably called them up and said, they have bacon on the menu. Uh, I don't even, and they they lost their their they I guess the rab I think the rabbis are old Sephardi guys. I'm not really sure, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not up to date. Yeah, not familiar with what's going on. And we actually had a very long um, probably went on for about a month trying to have a conversation with them about it and debating them, and they were just no. It fell on deaf ears. There was no interest in hearing anything we had to say. We brought, <laughs> I remember we brought in these papers like, of like, of that bacon is just a process. They were like, no, no word bacon on the menu. Now we call it lamb bacon, which, which was really, I was really upset about it. I almost wanted to stick my feet in the ground at this point, but um, I, I, I put my big boy pants on and swallowed it and said and 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 obviously anybody who does come in i verbalize it as bacon not as bacon right now i have a lot of clientele that you know rely on on this hushkaka they hold by it that's what they hold by they don't that you know that's what it is that's what their rabbis told them we're here with Rav David Stav. He is the chief rabbi of the city of Shoham in central Israel and chairman of Tsohar. What is Tsohar? Tsohar is an organization that aims to foster Jewish identity to guarantee the Jewish future of Israel, providing different kinds of lifestyle programs and services for hundreds of thousands of Israelis. Tsohar joined the efforts to create a reliable, professional, national kosher certification system several years ago, one that is not reliant on the Israeli rabbinate, and it is called Sohar Kosher Supervision. Hello, Rav Stav. How are you? Shalom. I'm fine, thank you. Good. Rav Stav, why did Sohar enter the area of kosher supervision? Unfortunately, almost half of the restaurants in Israel are not kosher. And when we started to check why is that, we realized that there is a lot of criticism and a lot of hatred among many secular Israelis that despite the fact that they want to be kosher, but they don't want to receive kashrut supervision from the rabbi. So that was the red light that entered to us that something is wrong here. The main issue here is the monopoly. We need to shake this boat. We need to create competition. And we started so far, we have already more than 300 restaurants. And we believe that this process will uh, continue to grow. The main challenge today is who is 
entitled to carry the name kasher. So far, the, the word kosher belonged to the chief rabbinate. If a company used the word kosher without being under the supervision of the chief rabbinate, they could be sued to court, to, to be indicted to court. So therefore, until today, when we are speaking, Sohar is not using the word kosher. We use the word announcement, halachic, but it's not the word, the holy word kosher does not belong to us. Now, for many Israelis, if you don't say the word kosher, it means it's not kosher. So this is not changed today. This will be changed in a year from now. What is changed today in this stage of the reform is only one thing, that Rabbi of Shoham could give kashrut in Tel Aviv and vice versa, which is usually not a big change because most of the local rabbis, including myself, have no interest and they have no, uh, have no power, manpower, to provide kashrut to Elat or to Tel Aviv or to Haifa. But what it does help is that, for instance, if I have a, a town next to me and the rabbi is doing problems with no reason, so then the restaurant will have a tool against the rabbi. You cannot, you cannot torture me. You cannot just alienate me. If you, if you make me too much, too, if you raise too many obstacles, I will go to a different rabbi. So that's actually what's changed now. How hard is it to get restaurants to leave the rabbinate supervision and join Sohar? Are they scared of losing customers? Now that you've got this nice long list of 300 restaurants and counting, I imagine, are you finding that it is still very difficult to get people to take that step? It's very scary to leave the rabbinate. A, because of shaming. All of our businesses report that since they started with us, the number of customers has been increasing, sometimes in tens of percents. Customers have a lot of trust in Soha, but the, the businessmen have a kind of fear, and sometimes they are terrified because they're afraid that the rabbinate might put obstacles in other places where they're still under the rabbinate. People might lose their jobs. For instance, one of the supervisors that started to work with us last week was told that he has to leave the rabbinate because he works with us. It's quite scary, and they are using uh, sometimes uh, tactics of mafia. Hey, it's Jessica Steinberg. If you have an important message you'd like to share with people who care deeply about Israel and the Jewish world, there's really no better way to do that than by advertising in our podcasts. Reach the Times of Israel's unique community with an audio ad. For more information, email ads at timesofisrael.com. That's ads at timesofisrael.com. We're back. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. 
the American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. With this week's Times Will Tell about the kosher supervision reforms being unrolled in Israel right now. We're speaking next with Itzik Kadosh, the second-generation pastry chef and owner of the iconic Kadosh Cafe in Jerusalem, followed by his neighbor, Yitti Lawson of Taco Luis, a Mexican restaurant Chico owns with her sister and Mexican brother-in-law, and then with Dan Malay, who runs chef restaurant Angelica, also in Jerusalem. Next up, Itzik Kadosh. Itzik, could you tell us a little bit about why you decided to go to Sohar? Yes, uh, first of all, the Rabbanut uh, never come and check us. More than seven years we have a mashgiach. He come here like 20% from his time to check exactly and to do his job. Usually he take a vacation without telling us. He, he come as he wish. He, he wants to be here. He will be here. He doesn't want to come. He, he don't come. When he comes here, he doesn't do nothing. He drinks coffee and he goes. He speaks with the other employees and customers. And in the corona, it's, uh, I saw that it's burdened me more because we didn't have a lot of work. Everything was closed. And he was coming only to ask about his salary. And I said, listen, we were closed for three months. We opened again. And you, I never saw you. After two months, you came here and you asked, where is my salary? Why didn't you come to work? The head of the Mashgichim came here and he told me, listen, now everything is going to be different. All the croissants that you're going to do are going to be triangle. And I said, I never heard about croissant. The croissant is uh, half a uh, luna. It's half, uh, half a moon. Half a moon. It's, this is the... All over the places they do like they said no you're gonna do triangle because triangle in the rabbanut is something that it's dairy like the barakas exactly and I told him listen it's gonna it's not gonna happen and he said it's not not only that you're gonna put stamp on all of your pastries that it says it's halavim but I told him, it says that it's dairy yeah and I told him listen my teuda is dairy and it's written only dairy I did I I don't have even parvir. And he said, I don't care. This is what's going to happen. And I said, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So he took the Tuda without making me a hearing. And he took the Tuda. And I, I told him, listen, tomorrow I'm going to bring a Tsoar here. It's something that I want to do a long time ago. And this is something that, you know, like pushed me to do it very quick. Mm-hmm. So now i never been so kosher ever in my uh, 56 year here in, uh, in Kadosh. Now we're at Taco Louis. We wanted to start with Soa when we opened and were scared, honestly, that it would uh, deter people from coming in and that they would uh, think we're less kosher because of that. Number-wise, nothing has changed as far as our suppliers, what we use in the kitchen, nothing has changed. So... Just the paper on the wall and the guy that comes every morning is the only difference, really. I'm here with Dan Malay to talk about the kosher certification here at Angelica. We're going to stay uh, with the Ashgacha of uh, Rabbanut, uh, first of all for our customers. Um, they want 
ההשגחה אופי רבנות, not nothing else. I think it's who the customers are, and also I think התרגלו. They got used to. Yeah, all the customers get used to the רבנות. Uh, I know customers have our personal number of the mashgiach in our restaurants, yeah? They call him. What does that mean? They call him directly to ask him uh, what's the ashgacha of uh, the vegetable, of the fruit, of uh, all the green, uh, the meat, the fish. I'm speaking to Leon Avigad, the founder and co-owner of Leopard Hospitality and the Brown Hotels, a very stylish set of vintage boutique hotels throughout Israel, as well as in Croatia and Greece, where Leon is temporarily living with his family in Athens. Hotels and kosher certification are an entire subset of this conversation and present their own host of complications. How many Brown Hotels are kosher? We don't think of it as such. So we currently have um, the both ones in Eilat that are kosher. One will not be. We can talk about it later. So currently okay. we have two in Eilat, one in Jerusalem, um, so three, and about two or three in, in Tel Aviv. We, we took a decision uh, very early on that um, all our big hotels, 100 rooms plus, mm-hmm. uh, will be 100% kosher with the Jerusalem Rabbinate um, uh, or Jerusalem or Tel Aviv. Um, rabbinate certificate. When it comes to larger hotels, um, most of our guests will ask for um, a certificate, an actual rabbinate certificate, and we don't want to fail them. We understand what is the notion of failing our clientele. Lechshil, a guest that wants to have certainty that it is 100% kosher, not that Tzor is not 100% kosher, by the way. It is, but um, um, they feel more comfortable and we'd like to work with them. In Jerusalem and in Tel Aviv, we work very well with the Jerusalem uh, rabbinate. We, there are cities that is more challenging, I gotta admit. Yeah, um, like what? Like, can you tell us a little bit I, about that? Uh, You're not going to delve into that. Okay. Exactly. Religion is religion and a, and a rule in, is a rule and, and, and uh, a restriction is a restriction. You know, it all, uh, there's no place for parshanut. Uh, for uh, commentary. Yeah, so uh, I'm saying it doesn't really matter uh, for us who's giving us the, the the order or the request. It can be Tzohar, it can be... I, um, I'm not coming from an Orthodox uh, fam- family, but my father did uh, follow the Orthodox stream uh, mm-hmm. and not the Reform or Conservative. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I have um, a certain, not Yiddishkeit, but a certain um, affection to... to um, I understand that. You know, I understand right. the, the, the requirement or the request. So I just love the fact that someone is coming clean headed and tell me what to do exactly without telling me if, without telling me if, if it is reform or conservative or orthodox, just tell me what is the requirement and, and we'll follow. But I think that um, trying to revolutionize the, the, this ancient institution of kashrut is, is good, you know, it's good. The, this, any kind of organization that hasn't been changed and hasn't been exposed to, this, to the daylight um, um, is, is something that maybe needs some, some look at in order to, to rethink. This brings us to the end of this week's Times Will Tell. 
about the kosher privatization process in Israel. Take care and happy listening. Thanks so much for listening to Times Will Tell from the Times of Israel. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein. Please subscribe wherever you find your podcast and check out our daily briefing news show every Sunday through Thursday. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. Until next week. Shalom. Hi, it's Sarah Tuttle Singer from the Times of Israel. Come join our community and support fast and fair independent journalism. You can sign up with the link at the bottom of every single article on the site. 